0: so glad that you have taken time to join us we so wish that all of us could be gathered here in the building today having multiple services worshiping together unfortunately due to COVID-19 we are unable to do so even to have a parking lot service today seemingly was unwise and and recommended to not have that but we're so thankful that you have joined to celebrate with us our resurrection day resurrected Savior. Would you lift your hands right now and ask the Lord to move in your home or wherever you are maybe in your car Uh, maybe you're watching from the hospital today we do not know but we pray no matter what state you're in what city you're in whether from Zanesville surrounding areas maybe in other countries right now we want you to lift your hands and ask God's presence to come in your home. Lord in the name of Jesus oh thank you for the blood thank you for your mercy oh God we ask you, God, today, to move upon this service. That you would anoint me to preach the gospel today. Lord, to impact, to help, to bring hope to everybody that's listening. Maybe we we'll would view later, God, that it would bless them. Lord, to give faith, Lord, where there's been unbelief. To bring light where there's been darkness. To bring deliverance where there's been bondage and healing to where there's been sickness. Because there is power in the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Cindy and I want to wish you a happy Easter. And from our family to your family, we pray it is a blessed day. I do know today your life is going to be impacted. Because of his resurrection, the Bible says that we have faith. If he had not resurrected, then our faith would be in vain. My text today comes from 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verse 49. It says, and David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone. Everybody say one stone. And slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead. That the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth so david prevailed over the philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the philistine and slew him but there was no sword in the hand of david therefore david ran stood upon the philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith there is there is a point to be made here about the head of Goliath, the head of the house, the head of the State Department, the head of the government. It's a a object of authority that is being taken care of here right now. It says, And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted, and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley, to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way of Shearim, even to Gath and unto Ekron. First Samuel 17, 54 says, And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. But he put his armor in his tent. I'd like to preach to you for the next few moments on simply this was my giant I want you to say that with me this was my giant God we ask you to bless your word today we pray for an anointing on every viewer everyone hearing the gospel no matter what age no matter where they come from whether they've been in church a long time or this is the first time they've ever heard the gospel preached maybe somebody that is straight away they would find hope that they can return to you again, O God, because your mercies are renewed every morning. I pray an anointing to move, your spirit to draw, lives to be touched and healed. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. That old song comes to my mind right now. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus as Finn saying the other night, nothing but the blood of Jesus. God bless you today as we get into this message today. I want you to understand that the story between David and Goliath was much more than just a Sunday school children's story what it represented was so much more. It was the godly overcoming ungodliness. It was, this was the righteous overcoming unrighteousness. This story you will find, this was faith overcoming fear. This was grace overcoming mistakes of my past. When you begin to study the story of david and goliath you have to go back to the origin of david and goliath the bible tells us in the book of ruth there is a story about naomi and elimelech how they had left the land of bethlehem they went to the land of moab because there was a famine that was there they made a poor decision they went to a place where people did not live for god they did not Uh, They were paganistic in their ways, that they had their own gods, but they chose in a low moment to go to a place they should have never went. Many have made that type of decision. In low moments, they did things that they knew were not right. It was here where Naomi and Elimelech, their sons, married Moabitess women. They were there for 10 years, and we find that The sons died and we find that Naomi's husband died. She was very bitter in these moments and had built, though, a great relationship It appears with Ruth and it appears with Orpah. When you look at scripture from the book of Ruth, chapter one, you will find that it says in verse 14, speaking of Orpah and Ruth, and they lifted up their voice and wept again. Why? Because she said, I don't have anything to give you. I'm too old to have children. Even if I was young enough to have children, would you wait till they were old enough to marry? She said, there is nothing that I can give you. I cannot give you another husband. When she said this, they were weeping, knowing that Naomi was returning to her land, to Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. When you look at what the scripture tells us, it says, and they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. She kissed her mother-in-law. But it says, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people. Naomi now confronts Ruth with this narrative. She said, listen, Ruth, Orpah has went home. Watch what she says. She's went home to her people and unto her gods. You have to realize that Naomi would have been faithful to God even in the land of Moab. They would have seen in 10 years their commitment to the ways of Jehovah, to Elohim. They would have seen the commitment of Naomi to her God. And uh, when she had told them to return, she gave them the option to leave. You'll find that Orpah did return home. Orpah did return to her family, not only to her family, but Naomi declares she returned to her old ways, to the gods of Moab. And she says to her, return thou after thy sister-in-law. But verse 16, a verse we read a lot of times at weddings because it's a level of commitment. It's not just an emotional kiss, but a level of commitment. Ruth said, entreat me, what? Not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. She made a choice to no matter how uncertainty the future looks, to leave the traditions that she was raised in in Moab. She chose the God of Naomi. And moves to Bethlehem. We know the story, how it unfolds, that Ruth ends up marrying Boaz, the wealthiest man in the land. He blessed her. She marries Boaz, and they have a child, and his name is Obed. And then Obed has a child, and his name is Jesse, and Jesse has a child, and his name is David. You will find that they were of the tribe of Judah which brings us in lineage to Jesus Christ. For the Bible says that Jesus was the lion out of the tribe of Judah, who became known as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That became the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world that died when he went up to Calvary or Golgotha and gave his life for you and me. I wanna stop here today and say that Ruth's choice, I want you to say that choice, Ruth's choice produced greatness. Ruth's choice produced righteousness. Ruth's choice produced supernatural power. When you begin to look at David, you'll see that there was a young man overcome a lion. He overcome a bear because Ruth's choice produces overcomers overcoming obstacles, overcoming things in your life. And so we understand that the power of a choice determines the element of your future. Let's look at Orpah for a moment. I studied this and looked at several articles and things all the way back in uh, the Torah and the Jewish rabbis, how they view the history of this moment. It appears in the story of Ruth. Certain she, certainly, Ruth is the primary character. But what you find is is just a secondary character that kissed Naomi and then disappears. But according to Jewish tradition, Orpah, Orpah, who chose to go back to her old ways, she produced a giant, a giant in her lineage, And his name was Goliath. Isn't this interesting? Is that the story or really the the point of the story is the choice that you make will produce either greatness or righteousness. Or it's going going to produce giants or things that are overcoming you. You see Ruth's choice to cling unto God produced an overcoming spirit to overcome and to have authority to have dominion over your own life but what Orpah produced was something that would have authority over you. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, it still was a matter of choice. Adam and Eve were given the paradise of paradise. But what happened is that Adam and Eve sinned against God. They made a choice to take the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. What happened at that moment? They had already been given authority. Or dominion, they were the head of everything. There was nothing over them. It's like Deuteronomy 28. He said, I'm gonna make you the head and not the tail. Isn't that what he said? He said, you will only be above and not beneath. He said, I'm gonna bless you coming in and I'm gonna bless you going out. I'm gonna bless you in the city. He said, I'm gonna bless you in the field. That was God's promise to his people. But when they made a choice to obey the devil to obey uh, their own flesh against the will of God, what happened? Adam and Eve became subservient, they did. They were overcome by thorns and thistle and pain. They lost dominion or headship in the Garden of Eden. But in Genesis 3.15, in the moment that God is unveiling what happened because of man's choice to choose sin when he said, even sin life at the door. What did he say? He said, I am gonna put enmity, when he told the serpent, the devil. Revelation says that old serpent, the devil. Watch what he says. He says, I'm gonna put enmity between you, your seed, and the seed of a woman. He said, you will bruise his heel, but he's going to bruise your head. It was a concept of authority and dominion. So the battle of David and Goliath was much more than just a story of a lad and a champion. It was a story about choices. Choices produce righteousness or choices produce sin. And I want you to know today that when sin lieth at the door, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a parallel in Ruth and Orpah. Just like with Jacob and Esau, or, or Rachel and Leah. It's the story of a choice. It's the story of people. And so here we are, we're in Mem, which means the valley of the blood. From the valley there is a man, a Goliath, nine and a half feet tall, a huge man, the champion of the Philistines, and he's crying this statement, send me a man to fight. Send me a man to fight. And he declares, if I overcome you at Judah, if I overcome you here, you know what's going to happen? You will all be slaves to me. Isn't it something that still today the enemy would love you to be in bondage to him? He would love to be the overcomer in your life, telling you what to do, telling you where to go. It's amazing what some people call freedom is really nothing more than bondage. I can do whatever I want to do. I can live any way I want to live. But yet the pleasure of sin is just for a season and it always ends up in bondage. Here it is, this Goliath declaring, I will overcome you. And when I do, you will be slaves to me. Oh, but what he didn't know, there was a a Ruth's descendant in the crowd that was showing up to offer his brother some lunch. Fear was on the land. People were numbed by what was going on in that day. But little David, he was just a youth or just a young man. When he heard the voice of Goliath defying God, defying the armies of Israel, you know what he said? What's gonna happen to the man that overcomes, that conquers this giant? You see, it's in the nature of those that choose right to overcome. We do not settle as believers to be overcome. No, we step up in moments of of opposition and we sing songs like, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. We understand that greatness is a part of us. Because David could also write, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know why? For thou art with me. You know why we overcome? Because when we make a choice to live God's way, he said, if you'll live according to my word, he said, I will be your God and you will be my people. I am not alone. David steps up in the valley. He chooses five smooth stones, puts them in his shepherd's bag, takes one stone out puts it in the sling and he runs toward Goliath my 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 what faith he has I believe it goes all the way back to Ruth's decision to follow God to follow right and it produced this warrior it produced this righteous man that will not take conquering him as an option I will not die I want you to shout from wherever you are I will not die I will not be overcome by this enemy. I will not be knocked down by the enemy. I'm gonna overcome him in Jesus' name. David runs to Goliath, and he does, and Goliath said, am I a dog that you would send a lad out to fight me? I preached when I was 16. I remember I preached, it's not the size of the dog that's in the fight. It's the size of the fight that's in the dog that matters. And though he was much shorter in stature, much much younger than goliath would have been at that time yet david knew something that goliath was so far removed from it is a god that's with his people you see he said i will never leave you and i will never forsake you he said i will be with you even until the end of the world it doesn't matter how big your giant is it doesn't matter how bad of choices you've made that have produced giants that you cannot overcome. You remember this, there's a God that's bigger than any situation. There's a God that's bigger than any sin or any mistake. There's a God bigger than any disease or any family dynamic that you cannot seem to get over or get through. You just gotta learn to call on the name of that God. Oh yeah, Goliath was trying to belittle him, but David said, you come to me with a sword a spear and a shield. He said, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts because this battle belongs to God. You know why I can stand in here right now fearless in moments like we're going through right now? Because I know I'm not alone. He is with me. Amen. He is with me. I am not alone. On this Easter Sunday, I want you to say that from home. I am not alone. God is is with me and in the text that i read today it says and that he took one stone david took one stone and he slung it he 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 threw it with that sling and it hit goliath in the forehead he smote him it's, scripture says it sunk into his head i always picture goliath falling down to his knees and falling forward to the ground as if he was bowing toward David's God. David understood I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. An innumerable army. That means it's beyond what you can measure. Aren't you glad that what is for you is greater than that which is against you? Won't you say that? That which is for me is greater than that which is against me. Oh yes. David goes over. He not only smoked Goliath what did he do he didn't have a sword so he takes Goliath's own sword the thing that Goliath was going to use to kill him the weapon that was formed against him (laughs) haha he said I'm going to take what you were going to use against me and I'm going to take off his head I'm going to take off his authority I'm going to remove his headship from my life I will never be a servant to the Philistines. What I'm preaching to you today is that no weapon, there's a verse that says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I want you to understand today that David was reversing the curse. What you were gonna use to destroy me, I'm gonna use to completely remove you forever out of my life. It's one thing in the scripture to be set free. It's another thing when the Bible says You have been, he whom the son has set free is free, what? Say it, indeed, indeed free, forever removed from the giant that was in my life. You see, Orpah made a choice that produced a giant that people cannot overcome. Choices will produce giants in your own life that overcome you. How many times have I seen somebody that started drinking and now they can't stop drinking? They started nicotine and now they can't stop using nicotine. They, they started cussing, now they can't stop cussing. They started gambling, now they can't, they can't stop gambling. They, they started lying, now that's just a part of what they do. They, they started being critical and now that's all they do is they criticize. They, they start being negative and yet now they're negative. And they set, it becomes a who. They cannot seem to overcome the Goliath or the giant in their life. Many of you watching today, you have things, you said, I wish I was not the way that I am. I wish I could give this up. I wish I could lay this down. I wish I didn't have opiates in my life. I I wish I didn't have hatred in my heart. Bitterness because I chose not to forgive and I was offended, I chose not to forgive, now I've got bitterness in my life. You know what, now it's just what you do. Now you're bitter toward everything and everybody. You trust trust no one, why? Because you made a choice to not forgive because you were hurt. And now the Bible says bitterness springs up and it defiles many. It never just affects one person. You've got a giant in your life. And You say, I don't want to be bitter anymore. I don't want to be hateful anymore. I don't want to be this way anymore. I want you to understand that choices produce giants, but also understand that choices produce kings and when you get a king in your life i'm not talking about just a king on this earth but the king of kings and the lord of lords he becomes the lord over your giant he becomes the king over your situation and yes your choice might have produced goliath but i want you to understand that ruth's choice produced the king that's going to overcome the goliath in your life Watch this, not only, not only uh, was this story a parallel, a a, a parallel of overcoming evil, you'll find that when David released that stone this morning in my, my studying and thinking this through just with details, I picture the arm of God grabbing that stone and punching that Goliath right in the head. It was the arm of God against the head of the enemy. It was God's arm for his people coming against the enemies of his people. I want you to say it again. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And so here it is. What did David do? In my text, I I read that 1 Samuel 17 54 says, And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. Study would say that's about 18 miles. Why would he drag ahead of Goliath to Jerusalem? In my study, I have found that they took it to a place called Golgotha, recorded in all four gospels, a place that became known as Calvary, which means bald head or place of the skull. Golgotha means a place of the skull. Some would believe and study that Gaul from Goliath, Gath, from where Goliath was from or Golgotha or Golgatha, which would be the place where David took this head of the enemy and placed it on Calvary's hill. Why? Because Calvary became a place where giants could be buried. Calvary became a place where the enemy could be conquered, the enemy of your choice, the enemy that that your choice produced. You see, the wages of sin All the wages of sin. How many times have I met people and they told me, they said, I wish I'd have never done that. (laughs) If I'd only known, how many of you have ever said if I'd only known, I'd have never picked that up. I'd have never started that. I'd have never made that choice. But it produced a Goliath. I want you to understand when Jesus was born, he was, the Bible says, the root and the offspring of David, which means that Ruth was in his lineage. Ruth produces a Jesus in your world, a king of kings. Bible says in Revelation, can I preach about him for a moment? He said, I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the ending, which is, which was, and which is to come. The Almighty. He said it this way. He said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. When I think of Calvary, I think of the battle. Of the heads or the battle of kings or the battle of authorities yes it was Calvary was a place that not just he didn't have to die twice it's like the one stone that hit Goliath watch he died once and when he died once for your sin it's just like David conquering Goliath he smote him he took the weapon formed against him and he cut off his head with it and what did he do He buried it. He he knocked him down. He cut his head off and he buried it. I want you to understand today that Calvary is that way. He, because of Calvary, a place where Orpah's decision can be buried, to where your bad mistakes could be buried, Calvary was a place where he come to knock your giant down. He has come today to cut your giant's head of authority in your life or dominion in your life over. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to bury your enemy or the product of your sin at Calvary. Why? So you will never have to face those giants or that giant in your life again. I just want you to lift your hands just for a moment. i got a little bit more to preach, but just for a moment, lift your hand and say, oh God, help me overcome every giant in my life. Giants choices that I've made, things that I've done, oh God, I pray that you would help me overcome. Watch this. I want you to see see something here today. Is that Calvary in Matthew 27, it talks about, and when they were come into a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull, you'll find that Jesus. I, you can read it later, Matthew 27. Read it down through there. Watch what everything he went through. One of the first things that you see, you see that he was betrayed by Judas. I want you to know that betrayal is a giant. He, was, he had the giant of false accusation. How about this one? He had a giant of being replaced by Barabbas. You might be watching today and felt like there was a favorite chosen over you. You were replaced and that's been a giant in your life, but he took that on at Calvary. He was whipped. They whipped him with 39 stripes, the cat of nine tails. How about this, the giant of physical harm or sickness in your life. Physical harm, he allowed physical damage to be done to his body. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, he was wounded from my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are what? We are healed. I want you to say we are healed. Look at this. Look at this giant. Stripped him of his possessions. Things that you valued, it appeared that the enemy stole that from you. The only thing he owned was the garments on his clothes, and they were stripped from him at Calvary. How about this? The crown of thorns or a curse. The Bible says because of Adam's sins, it says that there were thorns and there were thistles that would come upon this earth. But God himself took those crown of thorns and placed it upon himself. Why? He was gonna take the giant of family curses or a curse in your life. Look at this one. They smote him with a reed, hit him in the face. How about this? The giant of being mocked. The giant of being ridiculed. The Bible even talks about him being wounded in the house of his friends, have been wounded by people that you should be able to trust. It's a giant, they spit on him. Look at this, when he was thirsty, they gave him vinegar and bitter gall. It was acidic vinegar. It was bitter gall that they gave him. But at Calvary, he took on the giant of bitterness that can be in your life, Bitterness, they railed on him. They questioned him. Your faith in God, but yet questioned by so many. The giants in your life that you deal with, one that I preached about just two days ago, is darkness come upon the land. How many of you have ever felt like you were in darkness? And for three hours, the earth became like midnight, I believe, darkness was upon the world. Why? because he knew you were gonna go through dark times in your life, the dark times. And he said, I'm gonna take that giant to Calvary. and I'm gonna conquer every dark moment that everybody's gonna go through. If they would just call upon my name, I'll give them deliverance of their dark moment. How about this one, loneliness, just before he died, Matthew 27 and 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. In Greek, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He understood that in life there would be moments that you would have to deal with loneliness, feeling like you had been forsaken by the church body, forsaken by family, maybe even forsaken by God. But I want you to understand here today, the giant of loneliness can be conquered at Calvary because it's a place where all giants can be buried All giants can be conquered. I was born a cripple. My parents took me to church, my mother took me to church on a Wednesday night, had crippled feet. Yes, born with that, diagnosed already, Braces have been ordered for my legs and my feet. But on a Wednesday night Bible study, they called on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. See that simple choice of calling upon the name of God and those crippled feet straightened right up. I could tell you miracle after miracle. We've been doing miracle moments. We've been sharing with you. But I'm gonna tell you right now, there is nothing greater. There's no giant. See, giants are bigger than the common man by a lot. But nothing is bigger than God. And when you call upon the name of the Lord, won't you just say that right now? Jesus. Would you do that? Jesus. 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 And today I've come to preach that what is your giant, this is now was your giant. If you'll call upon the name of the Lord today, if you have sins in your life, you say, but Pastor Bounds, I've got so many sins, so many things I've done wrong. I've strayed away for too long. I'm gonna tell you, his blood is greater than your choice. What he did at Calvary was for sinners. But I was raised in church, Pastor, and I backslid. I want you to know his blood was for sinners and saints that fall away from God. His blood is strong enough to remove every stain and every shame in your life. You, sir, you, ma'am, You can begin again. How do I do that? You gotta call on God. Let God be your God. Don't be like Orphan, go back. No, you return to the Lord and God will conquer every giant. He's gonna take the sword out of the giant's hand. Watch what happens. And he's he's gonna remove his authority from your life. You're bound by nicotine, bound by alcohol, bound by things, I'm gonna tell you right now, drugs, opiates, it doesn't matter what it is, fear, gambling, lying, cheating, doesn't matter. Maybe it's just you, you are bound by fear. You're a good person. He's gonna remove that out of your life and he's gonna give you hope. You're gonna wake up in peace. You're gonna sleep better than you've ever slept. How you're gonna identify this today. I have a giant in my world. I have a giant on your screen at the top of our Facebook page, also on our website. You can find a, a picture form that you can download and fill out. It says it says this is my giant. Even has on there that my choices have produced this giant. But by the grace of God, I'm gonna overcome this giant. And the hashtag at the bottom it says, this was my giant. Why is it this was my giant? Because my giant is no more. My giant has been removed from my life. I want you to take a moment and and, uh, sometime today when you're watching this I want you to feel that out and I want you to pray and say God I'm not at the church house but today I know in my own house that you can come to my house and you can remove the giant from my life. What giant are you facing today? Is it sickness? Is it physical harm? Is it emotional? Is it mental? He took care of all of that at the cross. Remember at Golgotha The bruise happened on his heel with nails that went through his feet. But also understand Genesis 3.15 where it says, the enemy, the enemy, Satan's seed, the enemy would be conquered by the seed of a woman. You're gonna bruise his heel, but he's gonna bruise your head. I'm telling you right now, everything the devil's ever produced to destroy your life can be defeated at Calvary. And that's what we call the gospel. He died. I mean, no, Jesus was buried. And aren't you glad he resurrected to new life? Let us pray right now. I'm gonna pray for you. Oh, God of heaven, I'm asking you to move up on every home. Stirred today. Lord, there's so many people that are watching that have personal giants in their life they don't know how to overcome. They've went through things. They've had family members that died. They felt lonely and abandoned. But God, today... You're gonna be a strength to them for you said, I will never leave them. I will never forsake them. I will be with them even unto the end. Lord, you have this promise to us that you will make a way where there is no way. God, and as you died, you buried and you were resurrected so we can repent and die to our sins in repentance, be buried in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and arise to walk in newness of life. For somebody today, there's gonna be a new beginning. Why don't you talk to God? You don't have to be fancy. You just tell God I'm a sinner. Oh God, I've got a giant in my life. I don't want it anymore. I'm tired of suicidal thoughts and thoughts of worthlessness and not value. Why don't you pray that maybe you're just a good person Already saved and sanctified, filled with his spirit, and yet you've got some giants in your life. Just it's called life. Sometimes it's just life. I'm gonna tell you, God can heal every sickness, everything in your life right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Somebody say amen. 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 Here's what we would like you to do. If you would right now, you pray and you have a testimony. About a giant that God has allowed you to overcome. I think about baby Jillian. We were living right. But it was a giant in our world. What are we gonna do when they said our baby's gonna die? We prayed. God sent an angel and healed our baby. She's getting ready to turn 12 this month. So thankful for the miracle in her life. Listen to her play the piano and sing. It's amazing. This was my giant. We're asking you if God has ever delivered you of a giant to make a short clip a minute or less, hashtag it, this was my giant. We wanna repost that, this was my giant. Right now, you're gonna see a testimony of Gene Tayar talking about this was
1: my giant, followed the by age of 16, a song we have my God bless you, you today. lot. A friend of mine offered me a beer. I told him, no thanks, it's not something I do. And he said, come on, man, what would one hurt? So I took the beer and I drank it. Who knew 30 years later I'd be bound by this giant called addiction. I would be trapped for 30 years in this substance use. At the age of 46, I found myself broken. I found myself with incarceration in my background. I found myself with broken relationships, broken homes, loss of jobs, loss of property. I found myself trapped. I couldn't see over the giant. I couldn't see around the giant. The giant had me trapped. But on February 7, 2004, I found myself suicidal. As I sat in my apartment, I just lifted my hands and looked up to heaven and said, God, do you even know where I am? And I felt a peace and a calm come upon me. And I heard a voice say, just come home. Just come home. That was a Saturday night. So on Sunday morning, I made my way to the church, found myself at an altar of repentance, giving my life to the Lord. And that giant was buried at the cross. I gave my life to the Lord, and I've been free ever since. My relationships are healthier, I have property, I have possessions that I'm not giving away. Here I am, free, 16 years, two months, and one day later, celebrating what the Lord has done for me.
2: the same I have strength beyond myself and I have hope for every day Jesus our giant Jesus over all the Lord
3: of victory Jesus over all shed love on Calvary Jesus over all risen from the grave It is
2: finished It is finished This was my giant But my giant has been slain And this is where I stumbled But now it's not the same I have strength beyond myself And I have hope
3: Jesus over all Send love on Calvary Jesus over all Risen from the grave It is fairness It is sin Sing Jesus Jesus over all The Lord our victory Jesus over all